Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And to begin our time here today, I'd like to call in the ancestors. I'd like to call in all those who have gone before us, those who have walked the earth on all the different continents at all the different times. We call out to all those who lived in ways that were good and true and beautiful. We reach out to these people all the way back in all of our lines, and we call them to be with us here today to surround us that we might proceed today in a way that is good for all living things. We call out especially to those who knew suffering in their lives and found the path of healing. Those who knew suffering and saw that suffering as the opportunity to step onto an archetypal path of transformation and took the step in spite of the pain and did what is necessary to heal and to come back to their people as mature adults We call out to these ancestors to be with us here today to hold us in sacred space that we might discuss what people of today need to discuss. We call out to the energy of the earth, that great and original ancestor, to be with us here today to remind us that we have a home. And we, the family of humanity, share this home. Let us share it equally. Let us share it generously. Let us share it with wisdom. Let us learn from our mistakes. Let us open our heart to a way of being in this world that honors all life, that shows some wisdom, shows some guidance, and shows some capacity to sacrifice today for a better future. We call out to the earth to help us to feel our interconnectedness to each other, to the environment, and to the spirit world. We call out to the earth to help us to feel a strong sense of belonging and community and oneness. And from that place, we reach up to the sky and we call out to those energies above, reaching all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And we call out to that energy to bring into our proceedings today generosity and blessings, to bring us the wisdom of our cosmos, the wisdom of our deep and long history, the wisdom of our greatest ancestors. We call these energies in from above, and by whatever name you call that energy, call that energy down into your own heart and into our circle here today to merge with the energy of the earth and bring us into that place of alchemical miracle that we call life. So we thank the energy of the earth and the sky for holding us here today, the ancestors for gathering round. We call into that circle the energy of the heart, that unique place within human beings that has the ability to take those fiery passions and desires of your reason for being here and bring in the wisdom and guidance and clarity that comes from the mind as we look around and see the world we are in today and merges those energies in the heart that you might discover and create the gift that is your unique genius you bring to the world. So we call out to the energy of the ancestors and the earth and the sky and the heart to be with us here today. May these proceedings be good for all living things. May what needs to be heard be heard and what needs to be said be said. I thank you all for joining me here today. And I want to give thanks to the members of Last Last Mass Community 
who have um, generously donated so that this show is made possible for all of us here today to listen. So I give thanks to those members and um, invite those of you who think that's a really good idea to donate if you would like or to become a member of the community as well. All you need to do is um, join us in uh, the Cycle of Transformation teachings. And in that way, you automatically become a member of Last Mass Community. So today, today we are talking about shamanism and the recovery from PTSD, otherwise known as post-traumatic stress disorder. So why? Why should we discuss this today? It's a beautiful day here in Oregon. Isn't there a happier thing we could talk about? Well, no. We must discuss this because we have ever-increasing numbers of men and women returning from active duty and other related wartime experiences with severe PTSD. And they are returning home into communities filled with people with untreated civilian life PTSD. Everyone's PTSD is going to start triggering everyone else's PTSD. And before long, if we do not change the course of treatment, we're just going to be one big psychological mess in this country. We must step up. So before you get depressed and stop listening, um, there is good news. PTSD can be healed. It has been for centuries. This doesn't have to be a horrific path of suffering that it has become for veterans and for civilians. Shamanism, soul retrieval, and ritual healing have been providing the experiences necessary to heal PTSD since long before organized religion, Starbucks, Microsoft, and our current day medical system. We don't have all the answers today. Our ancestors still hold many of them, and they hold them for us with open hands. All we need to do is to listen and to use them. This situation, though severe and very serious, is not, is completely fixable. And this is the thing we need to get into our beautiful, contemporary, overstimulated heads, that PTSD is not an untreatable condition. There are many systems in our medical system that would tell you that, but that is not reality, that there are people who are experiencing the full and complete recovery from their PTSD, whether wartime or the horrible violence that people can experience right here at home in America all the time. So to do this, though, we must embrace both a different perspective from which to understand this illness or state of distress or whatever we want to call it and a different path for healing. In other words, we need to mostly abandon the paths of treatment that have proven to be ineffective and embrace the paths of treatment that work. This does not seem like rocket science to me. However, it seems to be extremely hard for the systems that exist today. But we are the systems people. They aren't over there. It is you. It is me. We have the power to make choices. And this is what this um, show is about today, is what is going on and what are the choices that we can make. So we must do whatever it takes to do this, that the health and the well-being of our entire, entire culture truly does depend on it. Because this problem is not going away. It is actually getting worse and worse and worse. And so before you click off from this episode and go find the one about sex with Gina Ogden, listen up. We have a choice to make. We who have the luxury to listen to this show, or me who has the luxury to sit here and create it, we have great power if we choose to use it. 
We have freedom. We have resources. We have choice. Let us choose to end suffering and value the care of the soul. Let us become a culture that values the soul over pharmaceutical profits. Let us become a culture that values the soul over defending old, worn-out belief systems. Let us become a culture that is not constantly in fear that we don't have enough. We are the community everyone is asking for, you and me. We don't need to fight the system. We need to be a new system. You are your culture. I am my culture. As I change, so changes my culture. As I heal, so heals my culture. As I choose to value the wholeness of the soul above all else in my choices in every day, so do the values of my culture change. We are the people. Let us learn from the mistakes of those who have gone before us. Let us be the change that must happen. The place we begin is doing our own work. Each one of us needs to heal our own soul loss and PTSD. And yes, it can be healed if you are willing to go outside of the paradigm of Western allopathic medicine and psychotherapy. Now, I am not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater. There are beautiful, powerful, exquisite aspects of allopathic medicine and psychotherapy. And psychotherapy is part of the path of truly healing PTSD. So I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm not making one area good or one area bad. I'm not saying any of that. I am simply saying if you needed open heart surgery, they would not send you to a GP, a general practitioner, right? If you needed open heart surgery, they would send you to a heart specialist. If you needed a knee surgery, they wouldn't send you to a therapist. They'd send you to someone who could do knee surgery. So if you need the care and healing of the soul and the heart, we need to understand who those specialists are and to be willing to go there. So this is what we're talking about today. See, it's not so bad. So. Let's start with where we need to begin, which is if we are going to deal with the level of PTSD coming back from people who have experienced war, and this is not only veterans, but it is people that commit to, um, for example, working in medical clinics in war-torn countries. Um, There's a whole lot of ways you can go out in the world today and go get PTSD. It's uh, easy, (laughs) Um, unfortunately. And so... Let's talk about what it looks like here at home, because you certainly don't have to leave home to acquire PTSD. So what is it? Uh, Technically, post-traumatic stress disorder is the aftermath of a very healthy and normal response to a threatening, unpredictable, and out-of-control situation. Um, PTSD is debilitating. It leaves people with nightmares and flashbacks, um, often a pervasive sense of fear that is not... um, connected with reality, um, deep, deep scars and emotional numbness, and often an un, uncontrollable flashbacks to the event where they are suddenly somewhere else and not in present time. And this is particularly um, true where PTSD is created through very, very violent events. Um, so these, uh, this syndrome or 
whatever you want to call it, um, can be caused by any overwhelming violent event, whether on a large scale like war or a personal scale like rape. PTSD can affect not only those who experience the traumatic event itself, but those who witness it, those who offer care, those who pick up the pieces after, like um, people who are responding to things um, like the World Trade Center um, uh, blowing up. So those PTSD can also be happen for those who are living with someone who is experiencing severe PTSD, especially children. So um, within the complex inner world of someone suffering from PTSD lies multiple events of soul loss, along with other psycho-emotional and psycho-spiritual problems or um, disorganizations or disarrays. In other words, things going on that keep people from having a healthy, smooth flow of their emotional life and a healthy, smooth flow of their spiritual life in a way that's responding to what's going on in reality. That they're emotionally and spiritually and sometimes physically and certainly psychologically responding out of the past, out of these past horrific events that are unresolved. So shamanism, with its expertise in soul retrieval and unraveling the wounds of the soul and the heart, is a critical part of anyone's recovery from PTSD. So, so what I've just given you is a basic off the internet kind of definition of PTSD. So what is it from a shamanic perspective? Well, that's a very interesting question. So what post-traumatic stress is, is the result, civilian post-traumatic stress, is the result of a culture that is failing its individuals and allowing individual people to experience it alone levels of violence that they cannot um, manage themselves and leaving them after this event without any recognition or care of how damaging that experience is. I mean, understand that with indigenous peoples pre-contact before any Westerners came around and started giving them new ideas, pre-contact to simply be in contact with a dead person was considered potentially damaging to your soul. Not because that dead person was doing anything to you, but just the very fact of it. Soul loss in traditional cultures, one of the oldest causes of soul loss, and soul loss is, of course, at the core of PTSD, one of the oldest causes of soul loss is simply fright, to be suddenly startled from whatever it is that you're doing. And we think that's silly because we are startled all the time. By noises, alarm clocks, people, events, horns honking. I mean, our life is crazy loud and chaotic and it startles us all the time. So what PTSD then is what happens when a culture is no longer tending the sort of the care and feeding and the development of the soul. And so the well-being of the children, for example, is not utmost in the community. I mean, what did you do the last time you heard your neighbor screaming at his wife or the wife screaming at the husband when you knew there was a small child in that house? What did you do? Most of us don't do anything. It's not our business. That would have never happened 
in a in a community that functioned with the care and tending of the soul, especially the souls of the most vulnerable, the children and the elders, as the as the primary place of concern. And so where is the warriorship that would rescue that child from that environment of these fighting parents? Where is the man that would stand up for that woman being beaten? Where is that woman that would stand up for the man being emotionally abused by his spouse? Where is the community showing up for the individuals who are caught up in daily or regular, at least, violence in their lives? Where are the men in the locker room who make it not okay to talk about basically date raping your date last night? Where are the women that stand up in their locker room and tell the woman who is emotionally abusing her children that that's not okay? That's not. So this is my point, is culturally we're failing each other as a culture, as a community. And because of this, people are left alone to struggle with ever-increasing levels of emotional or spiritual or physical, psychological violence in their lives. And this is the shamanic perspective is that, that, that PTSD is not an individual's problem entirely, not just the person who suffered the wounding, but it is a community problem because we've created the environment in which this kind of wounding can become more and more and more common. So in my own practice, what has worked to help people with PTSD? What has worked has been to work with other practitioners, so therapists usually, often um, acupuncturists or some kind of holistic healthcare person that is helping the person's body to shift out of old patterns it's in to move its chemistry and its alignment and all the aspects of the body into a new state of being. So what has worked most effectively with people with PTSD is either to work with other practitioners in the care of the individual and so to create a little sort of mini community um, that supports the healing of that person Um, or someone who has done an enormous amount of work on their own to create all of that in their life and now they're really just at a place where they're looking for the soul loss piece to be healed. And so every once in a while... I've certainly been able to help someone with PTSD at sort of the final, you know, the climactic moments of the soul healing in a long, many-year process they've been in. The problem I have with all of these options, though ultimately, yes, they have worked, and the person has been able to move out of the sort of state of PTSD they've been living in. The problem I have with all of that is the years invested in healing and the years thus robbed from this person and their opportunity to bring their gifts to the world. Now, of course, yes, I'm going to get all these emails about how it's exactly that healing path that made them the person they could bring their gifts to the world. Granted. Yes. But the truth is, people, there are many paths. There are many paths that make you the person you need to be, and you can actually choose how much suffering you want on those paths. And so while, yes, we choose our paths, and those do help us become who we are, it is not, it's an abuse of spiritual truth to turn back around to someone and basically say, well, you needed that to become who you are today. 
And that's the excuse for why that happened. That is not compassionate. And it is an abuse of a spiritual truth. So let's just work with me here. Okay. So what has worked has when, is when there's been somewhat of a system around the actual shamanic healing that became part of a process of the person working um, psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, and physically in the transformation necessary to get out of the patterns created by the PTSD to get their soul parts back from the traumatic events to make their own peace with the perpetrator within themselves, to release the way the perpetrator is internalized, to um, resolve any issues that have to do with dead people that might be involved in this. If your perpetrator is dead and how that ghost might be tracking you, all of these things um, that have to do with that are somehow attended by the people gathered around this process and the person is able to heal. And it happens all the time. I mean, for those who are willing to engage in shamanic healing, the resolution of PTSD does happen. What hasn't worked well is where there really isn't a system, where there's a person who's frustrated and angry and, and, and rightfully so with the fact that the treatment they're being offered isn't really helping and that they're basically being fed the idea that they can't cure their PTSD because that is a certain belief system for many people out there in the healthcare profession. So it just is what it is and you just need to take your drugs and do your best not to hurt anybody. And people get frustrated with that and right, rightfully so. So what hasn't worked well has been cases where the person as an individual has had the courage to engage in shamanic healing, but it's just a one-on-one experience and there's not enough community involved to hold for that person the whole system or the whole process that a person needs to go through kind of from beginning, middle, and end to heal PTSD. So basically, what is that process? That process is, well, the piece where this falls apart, where they don't have a community, is as the soul parts come back. The traumas from the past that caused the split in the first place need to be resolved. Now, for the person who's, for whom the soul parts have been brought back, it's very easy to simply over-identify with that experience, since it is the most traumatic experience of your life, and simply become that person again. And you're not the contemporary person. Now you're back to the traumatized person. It reinforces all of your fears. It reinforces the psychology, the chemistry in the body, the emotional patterns. It reinforces all that traumatic stuff, and you don't feel any better off than you were before. And so what the person needs is a container that can help to hold them in present time and honor the parts that have come back and to let the part that experienced the trauma express the pain, express the emotions, express the anger, express the fear, whatever it is, express whatever emotionally, express whatever spiritually, express whatever the beliefs are and to begin to sort through with the present time person and the soul part of that person what is the current reality and what needs to be released to be whole? And how does this person retrieve what is of value and let go of the pain of the past and become whole again? And while you're the person trying to sort that out, the, the emotions and dynamic of the experience are so compelling. And it's very, very hard to... Sort it out yourself when you're caught up in it. So in other words, what this really boils down to is a person didn't have community, didn't have healthy community. 
And part of that means is the person did not have a community of people around them who weren't suffering from soul loss and PTSD themselves and couldn't stay in the present moment and help the person to hold on to the present person that they are to to acknowledge and feel and release the experiences in the soul part and to bring the value of that part back in and integrate it. So the issue here is that we have the modalities to do the healings. We even have the people to do the healings. What we don't necessarily have is the context, the whole context for that journey. So what I see, back to that whole new age thing I talked about, about how you know your life experiences are the things that make you who you are to bring your gifts to the world. Okay, yes, but, and. For that to happen, you actually need to engage. And this is the piece here that is important. Even if your post-traumatic stress is the result of, for example, a rape at knife point or incest or a parent who took in one child as um, the surrogate of the spouse that was never around and then violently reacted to that child's confusion. Um, Growing up with an alcoholic, growing up with any kind of drug-abusing parents. I mean, all of these are the kinds of situations that may create PTSD. They don't necessarily, but they might. And so the issue here is that this level of suffering brings us to a threshold that we can choose, well, actually more of a crossroads. So that level of threshold uh, of suffering brings us to an opportunity to, t- to, to veer a little bit off the course that we're on, which is the repeated pattern of the abuse, and to choose to step through a threshold that makes the personal experience we're going through a metaphor for an archetypal human experience. And when a person can do that, it gives their suffering meaning. It also gives their suffering a beginning and a middle and an end. And if we can't help people to take that veer off to the right or left or whatever that direction is for them to get on to the archetypal process and out of the personal story that's going on, then that personal story just keeps repeating. You can talk about it in therapy forever. You can do a whole lot of good, sincere healing work and still find that story gets triggered over and over and over again at higher and higher levels of consciousness. It just doesn't go away because the personal story only takes you on that journey to become the person you've come here to be if you make that little veer off out of the personal part of it into the archetype. That, it, this, that your personal story is your metaphor, is your version of this archetypal path. And to step onto that archetypal path that, has, that gives your suffering meaning. And because it is the story of that archetype, whether it's the story of death or it's the story of rebirth or it's the story of um, the descent into hell and the return with an understanding of the value of life, whether it is an, a journey of ascent Um, alone and naked into the high reaches of the heavens and coming back with a vision and a guidance for your life. Whatever, Whatever the archetypal process is, we have the opportunity to step into them all the time. And suffering can be that opportunity if a person 
is held well. And that's the issue that we have, that the primary debilitating belief that we have in our current operating Western medical system in America is that a person's mental illness is their own. And so it keeps that story personal. And what we're looking at from a shamanic perspective is the relationship between the person who is suffering in these symptoms and the community and how the person is suffering for the community and how the community can step up for the individual to create the container through which their personal suffering can become an archetypal process. And then they can move through with the wisdom of all those who have gone before them who have had that same kind of human experience. So that's the ancestors who can tap into the archetypal energies who are, that are present here with us. But when we're locked into our personal drama, we can't feel them. And so the value of the community is it opens, it holds, holds us in our process and opens up that space so we can get our head up and stop hunkering down into our personal story and see it as a bigger path, a bigger archetypal path that can deliver us. So this is what shamanism offers because of the use, the, the specific and diagnosed use of ritual and ceremony. And so that brings the community into an individual's healing process in a uh, sacred way, in an organized way, in a helpful way. Not just a whole bunch of people patting someone and asking, how can I help? Which isn't usually actually very helpful. So that's essentially my experience working in the contemporary time with what I would call, you know, everyday ordinary civilian post-traumatic stress is that the shamanic skills do give us the soul retrieval, the integration skills, the working with your own helping spirits, the ritual and ceremony necessary to work effectively in these archetypal realms for the healing that gives our suffering meaning and value. But there isn't the community element that shamanism always functioned within. And that becomes particularly problematic when we get to the level of soul trauma that we're talking about when someone is experiencing PTSD. It's a pretty high level of soul and heart trauma. It's um, sort of like soul loss squared. You know, it's, 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 it's exponentially higher versions of soul loss to, to move all the way into PTSD. And so the, the success that we have as shamanic practitioners helping individual people with their individual soul loss becomes more varied when we start working with PTSD without a system to back us up or a community to back us up. So this is kind of where we are at this time. Now, what's important to understand about our personal soul loss in our lives and even our PTSD in our lives, these are, are the result of our choices. They are the result And I don't mean that from a sense of blame or shaming anyone. I mean that from a sense of understanding that in spite of what our experience is, in any moment, the deeper truth for all of us is always that we are powerful beings and that we are choosing our life. We aren't always conscious about what we're choosing, and that's the opportunity here is to become conscious. But we are empowered beings. We did choose our parents. We are choosing our life, albeit not always consciously. Okay, so the point of that is, I'll just bring this back to myself. So my soul loss in my life was ultimately my choice. 
And my choosing to heal it is also my choice. Any PTSD that I would suffer in my life still has to do with my own empowerment, my own presence in that life experience and how I choose to carry that experience forward. I can choose to carry it forward in a debilitating way or I can choose to find the help to allow me to transform that experience as I was just talking about. Regardless of the scale, these are my choices. It's not, um, I'm not incurring these wounds for anyone else. I am incurring these wounds for myself and my own journey through life um, based on my own choices, my own wisdom or lack of it. Um, so it's important to understand this as we start to talk now about war and the PTSD that comes from, from war in particular because it's subtly different. The actual healing of the PTSD for the individual is very similar but the larger context of the full healing is a little bit different. And that's where I'd like to go next here um, as we, we talk about this today to really understand post-traumatic stress. So I don't think I, I said this very clearly in the beginning. I think I always just assume it given my life today. But post-traumatic stress in, is gobs of soul loss, usually around a similar repeating event, um, you know, being stuck in a, either um, – uh, an unpredictable and chaotic environment, for example, people often talk about, you know, a parent being an alcoholic and they never knew whether the person was going to be a normal or raging or violent or withdrawn or whatever it was that they did when they got drunk. And so for the children, that is a constantly unpredictable and sometimes violent event. So there can be PTSD from that kind of experience. War, obviously is an uncontrolled, unpredictable, violent event. It's the nature of it. So um, the, the, the part of, of the element in this that makes PTSD, from a shamanic perspective, move from being just soul loss into PTSD is, is not so much the level of the violence, but the unpredictable, uncontrolled, out-of-control nature of the experience. So I don't know if that makes sense to you listening. I'm not sure I can say it any better than that. But, you know, a single extremely violent event that you can sort of see coming, well, like a head-on car crash. Um, it's an accident. It's an extremely violent event. Cars, you know, bodies moving way faster than they're supposed to move. You know, things crashing, people dying, body parts flying. You can see that coming. There's a certain logic to it. It's predictable. Um, that's different than, you know, living with an addicted person, for example, or even a person with PTSD for these children that are living with parents coming back from war. It's an unpredictable, crazy event. So it's that out of control, unpredictable, violent piece that really moves and, and repeating, being stuck in that environment for a period of time. It's that that tends to move the event from a, an, a moment of soul loss to an actual sort of complex of PTSD. I hope that makes sense. So I've talked a little bit about sort of everyday PTSD, that which can come from anybody's normal American life, unfortunately. 
um, that comes from the type of violence we experience in our families, unfortunately, in our churches, unfortunately, sometimes in our schools, um, in any of our systems. There are potentially systematic um, situations where a a person who is vulnerable or is subordinate to someone is stuck in a situation that can be unpredictable and violent. So anyway, so that's everyday, ordinary soul loss and post-traumatic stress. So wartime post-traumatic stress. Now, in, in my experience, the PTSD that comes from war is not just the obvious people who experience combat or who are trying to function as, you know, support personnel or something in an active war zone. So it's not just the veterans who are engaged in and around the combat, but it's also civilians. I've, I've experienced um, working with a number of people who have post-traumatic stress from their childhood experience of fleeing some country in Europe usually um, while their country was under attack or you know, after their, one of their parents had had to flee because they were an activist against the whomever regime. You know, this is very common. So there, that's a piece of it. It's a very unpredictable, frightening um, experience. Um, and, and interestingly, there's also a version of post-traumatic stress that is coming out of a past life. And this was one of the most interesting experiences I've ever had. And I don't mean to dismiss the suffering by talking about how interesting it was. But basically, this was a child so he was about 10 years younger than me. So he hadn't been born. Vietnam was over before he was born. But as he grew into his teenage years, he became absolutely obsessed with the Vietnam War. Absolutely obsessed. And, and, and became a total shut-in. And that's all he would do is play video games and, and research and find out things about the Vietnam War. And his father could not figure out what was going on with this child. And, and he, the child agreed to come to me and what we found out, oh, because he was also starting to inflict violence against himself. And that was the part that really frightened the father and, and the son. So the son came to me and I worked with him and, and the, the basic diagnosis of the situation is that his soul had experienced Vietnam under duress, had been a soldier in Vietnam and died early and hadn't wanted to be there in the first place. And somehow managed to incarnate again very quickly and was incarnated in this boy and was trying to resolve that life, the Vietnam life, in the life of this young boy that, you know, was too young to have even known the Vietnam War. And so what, so basically I healed the PTSD or the, the past life soul and I did the work necessary to resolve his PTSD. And it involved, um, watching men in his unit die in front of his face. Why is he the one that survived? There were several battles, um, a whole lot of resolution, all of it on, almost all of it on the battlefield. Um, Acknowledgement of his, his feelings he couldn't acknowledge at the time. Um, A lot of release of energies, uh, emotional and psychological energies about the experience of battle that can't be expressed while you're in it or you'd get shot. And then eventually his own death. And his anger that he was stuck there in the first place because he hadn't actually wanted to serve. And, and his um, kind of resolution with that. And once that past life came to completion and that got resolved, 
then the energy of that life was able to integrate into the soul of the current time boy. And that boy was able to get back into a reasonably well, engaged life as a kid. He was no longer obsessed with the war and withdrawn, and in particular, not not um, inflicting violence against himself. And so, you know, the very, you know, human beings are infinitely creative. The variation of PTSD that we can have to deal with based on the horrors of war are, are um, unlimited. So, and that's also the reason we can't have pat answers to solve this. But anyway, my point was, there are lots of um, experiences in war and around war that can create PTSD. And what I'd like to share with you in this moment, um, oh, except I can't find it. Um, what I liked to, what I wanted to share with you was a description from a soldier about his PTSD, and I don't have it here. Sorry about that. But basically, what he's describing in this, his words are so powerful, but what he's describing is how emotionally he is left in a place where his emotions are so um, off-scale that all he can feel is the most intense rage or the most extreme um, adrenaline rushes. But uh, everything else to him is basically just numbness, which of course is not helpful for his wife and kids. He, um, he can feel the deep emptiness inside of himself. There's a feeling in, in a place of heart or soul or both of a kind of brokenness. And he, he says it felt like a wound that was bleeding that could not be stopped. And the result of that was a feeling of um, deep core energy depletion. You know, and, and this is this guy's home. You know, he's trying to live his life. And this is what his inner experience really is. And he also speaks very um, poignantly about um, his frustration with therapy because he felt a need to be able to express the thoughts and emotions that couldn't be expressed in war. In other words, he needed to tell his story from the full perspective um, that involved the wholeness of who he was. And in therapy, no one wanted to hear that. They wanted to hear how he's feeling today. How was, was he going to get on with his life? And, and there was a sense of, you know, so how do these feelings relate back to your childhood? And he's saying, they don't relate back to my childhood. They relate back to like, that battle. And why won't anyone hear me? And, and the feeling that he and other veterans had of the absolute stupidity of the, the, the way in which therapy was approaching their experience and the rage they needed to tell their story. And they didn't even know why. And they didn't need to tell it over and over and over again. And that's the thing that's really where we start to see these, these people, especially when we're talking about PTSD from war, are in an archetypal process whether they want to be or not. So treating them as if they're in an ordinary everyday reality personal process is infuriating. There is a need in the archetypal process of resolution of the experience of war to either tell your story or witness having your story be told. It must be done. That is a path of the warrior being able to lay down the burden he or she has taken on for the community. And 
there was incredible frustration for these vets and not being able to speak that with their therapists. And so what he came came to be so frustrated about is that he really saw how the system, the medical system that was sincerely trying to help him, obviously, you know, but he really came to understand that they truly believed he couldn't be healed, that this particular woundedness could not be healed. And he wasn't willing to accept that. And he actually ultimately followed a different path um, of his own healing. So with this um, experience of PTSD, we need to take that frustration he had and not being able to tell his story and understand that while I was saying before in our civilian post-traumatic stress, we have the choice to take that step into the archetypal realm and give our suffering meaning and follow a process that will have a beginning, middle, and end and transform us to a new place. It's a choice we have personally. For people coming out of war, it's not a choice anymore. They have been shoved into this archetypal realm by the severity of that experience. And there are two pieces in this archetypal story that are critically important. One piece is the warrior. The warrior's archetypal role is to protect and preserve the community, to preserve the life of the people. And they go out on our behalf, on the people's behalf. And that's the archetypal agreement. The other side of that, because that agreement also, the unstated part of that agreement is, I am going to now go and experience soul loss for you. And remember I talked about in civilian soul loss, I'm experiencing my own soul loss for myself in my life. This is my path. It's for me. When a warrior goes out for the people, that person is hopefully trained to experience the wounding of war, which will involve soul loss and deep damage on that level for the people. Now, they did choose to do that, and that is important in the warrior's healing. But we, the people, need to understand that's our soul loss they've experienced for us. And so we, the people, need to be here when they come back. And be part, we are part of that archetypal story. The warrior's story has no meaning without the people to protect. You know, the samurai isn't a samurai anymore without people. He's a ronin. He's a different being. The warrior has no meaning archetypally without the people that the warrior serves. So, given that, ideally then, archetypally, when the warrior comes back, they come back into the community of the people. One uh, warrior, one vet, told me the story traditionally in his people. He was a Native American. When the warriors would come back singing the end of the war song, every single person in the community would drop what they were doing. Nothing, nothing was more important than circling around these warriors and hearing their so- stories. And nothing else happened until every story was told and witnessed. Then the warriors go off with the shamans and the healers for the, and the, doing the sweats and the rest of the healing process. But that piece, that archetypal completion of that arrangement of you're going to go out and experience the soul loss to protect the community, you're going to come back and the community is going to take that burden from you so you can now go heal and come back into the community in your rightful 
role. That's the path that needs to happen. So, all right, A, we know we're a long way from that. But B, think about this. If we go back to what happened at Vietnam, archetypally, you have the people who are so frustrated with the leaders archetypally that they rebel entirely and they reject entirely that war. But when the warriors come back, they reject the warriors. We did not take that wound off their shoulders that they incurred for us. And in that act, in that cultural act, in that time, we broke, we the people broke a sacred agreement. We are the reason these vets are stuck with their PTSD. So it is not just a system that doesn't bring them the shamanic healing that they need to heal. It's us. So what needs to happen? Because we, we must come back round somehow as a community to circle round these vets. We somehow as a community need to hear these stories and be the support people necessary for the rest of their healing process. This has got to happen because our culture will be taken down by the amount and the level of PTSD coming back if we don't rise to this occasion. And I personally believe that our willingness to rise to this occasion and help these warriors to heal, to create, the result of that would be a huge community of mature warriors in our culture would utterly change the fabric of our culture. We would become a people that values the fragile and precious nature of life. We would become a culture that cares for its most vulnerable And we would become a culture that advocates above all else for peace. I would love, I would be proud, I would be honored to be part of that community. That is not how America is seen today in the world. People like you and me who are here on Co-Creator Network are trying to be that community. But we need the mature warriors. They are the ones who have the ability in everyday life to stand up to the everyday violence. They are the ones who have the ability to walk into the household where the father is raping the daughter and saying no for the daughter. The mature warrior culture is gone here. Mostly. We need that peace back in our culture so that we can become a culture that knows how to deal with violence. To do that, we as the people, we the community, must first heal our own soul loss and our own PTSD so we can stand in the face of these men and women who have experienced the war PTSD and hear their stories. Because if we don't do our own healing, we will be triggered by theirs. And then it's just a great big triggered mess of unrealistic fear. And it's, it's, it's a disaster waiting to happen, people. <laughs> So, path forward. Goodness gracious, the hour is almost up. Path forward. So, as a community, we must come to terms with our betrayal, our failure, and our responsibility archetypally here. Not just for the warriors, but frankly, for everybody else who's experienced PTSD in your own neighborhood. Right? Right now, three out of four women have experienced sexual abuse. And three out of five men. That's the last statistic I heard. And frankly, every five years it keeps going up. This is on your block, people. 
Where are we as a community? Okay, so we must deal with our betrayal, our failure, and our responsibility. We need to offer an amend and a healing, particularly to the veterans, because of what we've done archetypally to that whole dynamic. We need to hear the story. We need to prepare to hear the stories. Step one to do that is we must heal our own soul loss and PTSD. Call your local shaman. Get at it. We must do this ourselves. So those veterans and civilians with PTSD, you must have the courage to try again. In spite of how many, what, 75,000 times the system has failed you, you must have the courage to try again and to get the right support to get into an archetypal journey here to give meaning to your suffering. You must be willing to believe that you can be cured and that you must get out of that state where you just want the symptoms to go away. Bless your hearts for it, but we have to, we have to be willing to go there, right? The pharmaceuticals aren't the solution. So those of you who are soul healers, soul heart healers, shamans, you must become part of a system that supports the full archetypal process of this healing journey for civilian PTSD and wartime PTSD with, with the community and other care providers. We can't do this alone. It, it's never been done alone. We've always been part of the process. We are not the process. So we need to get off our own little shamanic high horses and get with the program here. Well, we probably need to create a program and then get with it. But nonetheless, we can't do this alone. Most of us are individual practitioners outside of the community at large with our own little student community. We need to go beyond that. Now, warriors, we must create a community of mature warriors in this culture. And that is what we are asking of those who have seen war in some way, active duty in some way. And that we need to develop, we need this culture of mature warriors. We need healed warriors, basically, um, to be developed so that the whole culture will be led to see the fragile and precious nature of life, to defend those who can't defend themselves, and to be a culture that advocates for peace. So what am I going to do? Me, Christina Pratt, what am I going to do? I am now, today, putting out a call to shamanic practitioners who would like to gather in Oregon for a weekend this fall, maybe winter, maybe fall. We'll see what we can do. But this year, in a number of months, and we will gather to ask the question of our helping spirits, what is the warrior medicine needed today? We will draw on the wisdom of the past, but we must ask the question again, what is it now? And we will ask the question, how do we do that? What does it look like to do that today? We cannot simply drag this information out of the Native American people whose cultures we've already decimated. That is rude and disrespectful, and we don't need to. We have our own relationship with spirit. And finally, we are going to ask on that weekend, how do we become the shaman warriors who can do this well? And so these are, the, at the very minimum, the questions we will ask that weekend. So if you are interested and willing to sacrifice a weekend of your time and energy and heart, and bring the wisdom of your helping spirits into the circle, you are welcome. You need to contact me at, via email at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And please put warrior medicine today in the subject line uh, to help me sort all this out. And send me your contact information. So that's warrior medicine today in the subject line for christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And we will make this weekend happen. If you know colleagues who might be interested, who aren't listening, please um, spread the word and just tell them to send an email and we'll 
get this sorted out. And if you are someone who would like to support this endeavor, but you are not a shamanic practitioner, we will need people to cook. We'll need people to care for the people who are gathered doing the work and you are invited to come. Same thing. Contact me via email, Christina at lastmasscenter.org. Spread the word and invite others. We will bring what we create to EdTech and the Soldier's Heart Organization. And now I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because I'm assuming we have something to offer. But what Ed offers through soldiersheart.net, by the way, soldiersheart.net, what Ed Tick has to offer is first his book, War and the Soul, um, which everyone should read if they want to be involved in this process. But the Soldier's Heart organization exists. It's out there. It's available. And for those of you that don't want to get involved with my narrow, focused endeavor here about recovering and recreating the warrior medicine for today, that's just fine. Call the Soldier's Heart organization. Email them. Get involved. They need support people too. The community must become involved in this process or will not complete its archetypal healing. You know, we're people. We cannot rewrite the archetypes. We must flow within them. And so this is all that I'm asking you to do. Now, with that, call your local shaman, get your own healing, do your own, heal your own soul loss. And if you are a sufferer of PTSD from your civilian life here, find the people that can help you to heal that so that we can then show up as a wise community from the paths we have walked and support the warriors in healing so that they can become the mature warrior community that we need. And in this way, we will be able to be a culture, the culture I feel we should be. I think our ancestors dreamed us to be, which is a culture that truly supports freedom for all living things, that truly supports the well-being and health of the soul and the freedom to experience that, and a culture that truly values life, understanding its precious and fragile nature and exists as an advocacy for peace on the planet. This is, I believe, our destiny. But dang it, people, we have got to get with it. And so I'm asking this. Do something. Be part of my little process here, finding the warrior's medicine. Volunteer with Ed and the soldiersheart.net or simply do your own healing, your own Soul, heal your own soul loss and your own PTSD. But some way we all need to come together around this because this is our future and we are the people. So I'd like to give thanks for the ancestors who have walked this path before us. May they guide us. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above. May we be held well and remember that we all are part of this great miracle of life. And I give thanks to your heart and mine, for it is in the heart that we are all united. Thank you all for listening here today. And as I say um, goodbye for this week, um, I'll let you know that next week's show is about shamanism and the recovery from addiction. All the shows are on iTunes. Um, the new shows here from Co-Creator can also be downloaded from the Co-Creator, co-creatornetwork.com. Um, and you're welcome to find out anything more about me you would like at lastmasscenter.org. Thank you, everyone.